Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Man Up Podcast, uh, your spiritual oasis for men. We are uh, men, and this is uh, a religious podcast. We look at uh, various issues. We have just started a study of uh, a book called Six Battles Every Man Must Win. It's by Bill Perkins. It is available from Amazon.com. We just started last week. Uh, You certainly can catch up or just stay right with us as we begin really the the meat of the study in this chapter. Um, I'm Steve Titch. I'm uh, filling in for our leader, Bill Cox, who is not with us tonight. Uh, With me are two of our regular panelists, uh, allow me to introduce them. Our first is a uh, prosecutor. Uh, he works down in Houston, and as they say in the song, if you're ever in Houston, you better not. You better do right. You better not gamble. You better not fight because you'll find yourself in court against this guy, Mike Cropper. Um, and uh, also with us is uh, uh, our deacon uh, Kyle Trahan, who is leading this. Uh, study of six battles every man must win. I'm going to go right to him so he can start us off uh, with uh, this chapter. We're on chapter two. Uh, Thanks, Steve. Uh, So, you know, as you said, lesson two, chapter two, um, it's called The Great Angelic Conflict. Uh, You know, the the author starts in uh, talking about uh, bizarre experiments. So he says, uh, you know, he's not sure who dreams up these bizarre experiments, but one performed, let's see, National Institute of Mental Health uh, illustrates what sometimes happens to Christian men in our society. And then he goes on to talk about, they have a cage, and they start, uh, the cage is designed to hold 160 mice. um, And in two and a half years, the mice grow from, what they started at 8 to 2200 and so what happens when they got to that kind of a, a multitude is they started to form little cliques. Um, they started to get very dominant. The females got very aggressive and mm-hmm. would force out the young. Um, the whole society in itself started to break down. Um, and then what is after five years, all the mice had died. Um, even though there was an abundance of food, water, and resources, um, and an absence of disease. So, you know, what happens to us as men, at least the way I see it, is just as we get more and more populated, it's easier for us to fall into the background and just, you know, fade in, you know. Um, But what we need to remember is that, you know, this is that conflict. Um, and it is a war that we're supposed to fight. So, you know, as far as man up is concerned, this is exactly what it's supposed to mean. You know, stepping up to the plate no matter what. Um, 
Yeah, I know for Sunday I kind of did it a little differently since I was, I called in on Sunday. I was uh, out of town, um, so I was sitting in a very manly room, actually. Um, kind of wish we could decorate our room a little bit the same way. We got some club chairs. Yeah, in yeah, some we're, club. Again, we're on podcast. We can say we're sitting in club, <laughs> That's club we chairs. Could. We could. That's yeah. right. A Ooh. fireplace going on, a billiard table over there. Some, some deer you know, <laughs> yes. hanging out because that's where I was. Is we had one on the wall and some little um, you know, skins on the floor. But, uh, you know, I figured as normal, this is a, just a great discussion um, for the fellas, and we'll just kind of go through um, no real forum uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you mind if I mention something? Or, uh, you, you, that's okay. exactly what I'm saying. Well, good, good deal. Um, the author addresses something that we find ourselves doing, and, and it's important you put life in perspective that he's talking about the mice in a particular cage. What they are, they're in a cage that doesn't grow with their birth and their population explosion that they have, I think. And uh, this is what Kyle is leading us, telling us without getting all to the points. And, and it's just like our society right now, as you, we live in Houston, most of us are around Houston. And the more crowded we get, and the more conditions we, we get into where there's so many people, so many things that we deal with daily, Sometimes we tend to give up if we think we cannot accomplish something we want to accomplish. In fact, the, the, the words that the, the author of this book uses is that Christian men tend to get passive. And we get passive in the, the, the victorious nature that we used to have. Uh, we refuse to fight for what's important, or at least what is important to God. And, and, and we have to separate those two things. Fighting for ourselves versus fighting for what's important for God may be two different things. Um, we seldom live as though nothing else matters compared to knowing God. Indeed, uh, and this I'm taking, I'm reading a, a paragraph from the book, the author that was uh, I highlighted a whole bunch of paragraphs. Uh, this amazing book, uh, he says, indeed, we live as though nothing else matters in the world. And in and, and the process, we lose the battles we must win. Um, and and I, I keep that in mind because, yes, some as, as we grow more and more in a society where we have to live among people in a large city or such, uh, we tend to, to not be as, uh, I guess, aggressive about doing what we think is right, or we tend to... To let others make the decision that might be what we what we thought was right ten years ago, we might let it slide this time and let things go by us. But uh, just just comment for that. A lot more will go through the book. If uh, but I wanted to bring that up because Kyle was pointing out the uh, uh, the fact that all these mice became not only did they become passive, the ladies became aggressive, which the men should have been, and the men became passive, and eventually all died. So. We have to fight for this, folks. We have to fight for what's right in our lives and what we believe that the Lord wants us to stand up for. And we can't forget it. And uh, I, this author is going to talk about this in this book, and the six battles we must win. Uh, toward the end of the chapter, I think Kyle or somebody will probably read those six battles. It's right at the end of the second chapter. But uh, uh, just a thought I want to throw out that uh, grabs me very much in this book, right at the first of the, the chapter. Well, and you know, 
back in the day, you know, the, the disciples, the apostles, the disciples, or whatever I started to say, combining those They're two. They're both, yeah. Yes, exactly. Both of them. Um, <clears throat> you know, those guys actually walked around with swords and spears and mm-hmm. bow and arrows and stuff like that. Battle was something a little different back then. Mm-hmm. You know, now, of course, we're talking about a, a spiritual battle, you know, an angelic, something uh, in a different realm. You know, um, when we think about fighting now, our lines are very, very skewed in the world we live in today. Because, you know, fighting is pushing a button with a nuclear bomb on the other end of it. You know, um, then you, you get into, you know, defense. You know, these guys carried a sword to defend themselves. You know, then you get into the realm of guns and all of that. Well, we're in a really weird, you know, rabbit trail area here, especially with all the stuff going on, the, the school shootings, which are now mainstream, everyday conversation, um, you know that it's hard, I think, for a lot of us to differentiate what it means to actually fight and then take it into a spiritual concept, which a lot of us don't understand to begin with. I'll go as far as saying I wonder if a lot of this is just mischanneled aggression. Yes. Um, Aggression, the, the, the author clearly sees, we may not use aggression here, but assertiveness as a value especially a value that men have and men can use. And that uh, as, as things get more crowded, many men become afraid of using or are cowed away from using. Um, uh, you know, it, it, we're kind of... Um, he, he talks about it quite boldly and, and, and very unpolitically correct where he, he says that somehow uh, these traits have to be uh, these traits that men have are wrong. That 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 feminine traits are somewhat are, are better, uh, and not that. And, and then then they go well. Communication, relationship. That's a feminine virtue. No, it's not. It's a human virtue. It's a human thing. Men can cultivate that without becoming feminized. But I also look out at the way boys are treated in classrooms. The way the way my sons are, and not not badly, but you know, sit at your desk. You know, fidgeting. All the stuff that little boys do has become, you know, give them a drug. This is, you know, mm-hmm. cut right, out the recesses, right. mm-hmm. you know, and expect, expect, uh, expect a boy to sit still in a classroom for six straight hours. That's, that's crazy. That, they designed that's, fidget spinners <laughs> for yes. the people <laughs> that's of your right. time. Yes, but... but Remember, uh, we used to click <laughs> our pins yeah. back in the day. Anything. Yes, yes. Anything. So, so, but I think a lot of this, and this is this is where we can get back to the more virtuous side of this, um, uh, this this idea of lashing out, of is is in 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 completely antisocial ways, um, and, and certainly and certainly in many of the cases, certainly in Florida, there was a case of, of mental illness. But it's it's uh, you look at some of the violence in general. It's 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 misdirected aggression and assertiveness that not that shouldn't be suppressed but it should be channeled and validated when it when it it, it is when it is socially helpful and when it is per, and it is helpful to preserving one's uh, family one's relationships uh, and instead now it just goes completely in the other direction 
Well, I mean, I think that's a great point. I mean, if you really look at it, we don't have many things to just take out the aggression. You know, um, there, and anything you do can be looked at. You know, of oh, that's over the line, <laughs> and especially if the ladies are here. You know, guys will understand. Oh man, he's just blowing off steam. You know, mm -hmm. but the lady is here. You know, it's a, a totally different thing. Um, you know, they they've been funniest thing. I came across it. I had no idea they the rage room. I think is what they call it. Have y'all seen these things now? What no. is the rage room? The rage room is where you can go and pay somebody, and basically they'll hand you a bat or a pole or a stick <laughs> or something like that, and you can beat the tar out of things. They said their most popular is TVs and computers. <laughs> but, you know, you can beat up the walls. And, you know, it's so it is a channel, although a little crazy. But I, I thought it was an interesting thing because I know myself. You know, if you bottle things up like men tend to do, we don't know how to express our emotions. For one, all of this mm -hmm. years and years of change and the feminine aspects mm -hmm. of, you know, what has transpired. And we don't have a way to do it. Well, we, you know? we, you're, you're absolutely correct. Now, the thing is, we're told to bottle it up, right? Mm -hmm. I can remember my son being in school, and another kid came and picked on him, jumped on his back. I had three individuals who said, your son didn't do anything. In fact, he started to walk away from the guy. And the guy jumped on his back, so my son turned around and hit him. <laughs> and, right. and he got in trouble. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. This is so different from when you and I were in junior high or elementary school. If the other kid started the fight and you whipped him, you didn't get in trouble. The other person got in trouble. Today, what you said, Kyle, is so true. We're told, all of us as men, to suppress our emotions and suppress mm -hmm. our anger and suppress our aggression. And but, but Steve says, like Steve says, if you direct it in a correct way, Positive. it's going to be absolutely beneficial for you. And in fact, this may be characteristically what God wants you to do because we are men and we do have certain tendencies such as the author says, we like to win. Whether we play chess, whether we play uh, poker, mm -hmm. yes, whatever we whatever we play at, we like to win. Now, I was thinking about this. I read this because the the whole <clears throat> he talks about the whole competitiveness aspect. Mm -hmm. Now, every poker room in the United States and probably around the world, but certainly the United States, is open to anyone, man or woman. Why are ninety percent of the poker players men? Men. Yeah. Um. It, and now there are there. This is. I'm not. Now, ladies. I'm not. This, there. There are. There are some. Maybe there are some good. There are some excellent uh, women. Women who are women poker players. Jennifer Harmon, professional. Annie Duke, professional. Mm -hmm. um, there are some. There just at the other end. There are probably just as many women who are, as men who are poor poker players. Nonetheless. It's predominantly men who play, um, and uh, it is, and it is, it, it's an intense competitive game. And you're liter you literally are, you know, putting your money where your mouth is, or certainly where your where your cards are. Uh, and uh, and I think I think it draw I think I think that kind of atmosphere draws more men than it does women. It, women, and and you can. You can see the result. You don't have to do a study on it. You can see it in any poker room you go into, um, and that's not true for necessarily for all casino 
games and gambling. Poker is a, a highly competitive, highly you know, man against man, you know, battling your wits a lot. Like I, I don't know how it goes uh, in the chess world. Um, certainly, we're looking in the Olympics, and there are plenty of women competitors. Um, if I may finish the thought, I, yes. to, to go back to pro, to, to thinking about the positives of competition, back back when when really Nike was up and coming, Nike ran an ad campaign, and they were also pointing to research and statistics. You get in, women involved in sports or young girls involved in sports and competition, they develop stronger self-esteem. They yes. they don't get into bad habits. They'll stay off smoking, drinking. They'll have they they'll, it is highly unlikely they will get pregnant before getting married. These and their channel and and that's the only time I've heard a male virtue applied <laughs> to females. Competition, sports, and 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 that and and mm. so it's there. It's there and and uh, well, it's interesting. Maybe you're right. <laughs> the the thing is. Girls were brought up to play with dolls and nurture their yes. There's the, their the, the emotional aspect. Where men are brought up to be boys, to play, play with guns, mm -hmm. play cowboys and Indians, whatever it is. And it may be there is a competitive part in the mm -hmm. girls that is, is suppressed from the time mm -hmm. they're a little bitty and provided and told to do their emotions, where they do need some competition in their lives, just mm -hmm. like men, because it's it, it is a we can see it all throughout the Bible. There is uh, contesting situations with men, and there are women who are queens who mm -hmm. have to rule kingdoms. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. not a, a an aspect of virtue virtue that should just not be unique to men. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I would agree with you. Uh, but taking well, it back, it is it is it is definitely in in our culture right now. It is as as the author says, a lot of this is frowned upon, or certainly not encouraged, suppressed, mm -hmm. or. Or mm -hmm. you know, or, or or not, not, not given the attention perhaps it's due. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, yeah. you know, and, and with the sports, it just adds a lot of discipline mm -hmm. as well. You know, which is what we miss a lot mm -hmm. these days. You know, it's taken out of the the home a lot. Mm -hmm. Now it's taking the the power away from the family. Mm -hmm. But sports, if the the child likes it and is into it, it much like the military, can add a lot of discipline to somebody, which is a great thing. Um, <clears throat> you know, but uh, kind of getting back to some of my notes here, um, you know, when we're talking about sports especially, you know, childhood dreams, you know, um, he goes on and he's talking about, um, you know, some of his own mind. Uh, I always saw myself doing that three-point shot right at the buzzer, you know. <laughs> We had a goal in the backyard and stuff like that, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, I like soccer, so, you know, you pull a Pele move on a goalie and, you know, but I never did that. I was never very good. I liked them, but I, <laughs> I really have no coordination to speak of. That's why I don't dance, um, you know, so I, I never got those, you know, uh, wonderful shots or, or whatever. Um, and what we eventually learn is that, you know, those lessons can hurt. Um, life is tough. Well, the confusion know. we have in society, again, talking about this, is, is looking at who should really be police officers, firemen, right? Um, let's see, they named it a number of police officers, firemen, marines, fighters, mm -hmm. firefighters. 
but our society today encourages women to go into those areas, and and folks, they're not as strong as men. I mean, I, I don't believe that it's a good idea to have a lady driving a police car and pull over a man that's 300, 350 pounds behind the wheel to stop her for something she's done wrong. We where we see the the occupations being mixed, or, or with with the two with the two sexes. When clearly, the ones who do the masculine part of those particular um, occupations should be the male. Now, can we have women in the police department? Yes, there is room for them to do administrative work. There's admit. <laughs> I know that's politically incorrect. All right, folks, we're talking. I know you're fake. No, go, go, go. But uh, but, uh, but there are areas, certain areas of our life, and you just like you shouldn't have a five foot two male in a police uniform going out there and stopping or trying to wrestle down a 350-foot, 6-foot, 6-man either. Uh, so if you look at it from certain aspects and certain categories, it's not necessarily our, our, our society's blending the occupations, but also, as we said, they're, they're suppressing the male. Or they want us to suppress ourselves and act more passive and more pliable mm -hmm. and more gentle in our ways. Well, especially in this country. I mean, much like others, they'd rather us be more and more and more of that. If we are, it's easier for them to do whatever they want, you know, because we just sit there and let the world go by. And that's what we've actually become quite a bit of. Um, I've said it for a long time, especially when we get into the political world. You know, we had the uh, um, Industrial Revolution. Mm -hmm. You know, we left the farm. See, when you're on the farm, mm -hmm. you, although you work and you work very, very hard, but you also have a little bit of downtime in there, uh, for some, anyway. Mm -hmm. If you're like a vegetable farmer, you know, you plow, you plant, you wait. You know, back then you would get into conversations with the neighbor, with your buddy, with your family. You're talking politics, you're involved, you're thinking about it. I couldn't tell you most laws that were passed in the last five years, you know, because we just, we don't pay attention to it anymore. Things happen, now it's got so convoluted, you know, for it. Um, anyway, I'm kind of getting off topic there, but... Um, well, what you're, you're, you are bringing out, what we're talking about right now, folks, is what men deal with every day, what we see in front of us, what we touch, we feel, we hear, what affects our own lives, our own families. But what we're going to get into is the background behind that, how society is going and where it's headed, folks. And that's the spiritual part of our beings that's, that, and the spiritual part of our life that we don't really deal with. Most men, like ourselves, just talk about what we see, feel, hear, and touch, what affects our lives, what, can be, what we can do to improve ourselves, and go forward. We don't talk about the spiritual realm that's behind all this and what we're going to have to do to do battle with it. And it really does affect our lives, folks. We just don't see it and we don't talk about it and we don't think about it. Well, and you know, you, you bring out the senses and that's, I, I think I said it last week or Sunday or something, you know, for me, that's always been one of my hardest points to get past in the faith area. Mm -hmm. You know, and then certainly you bring into a, a third, you know, or a realm, or a whatever, realm, whatever uh, and angelic conflicts and, 
the spiritual world and all of that it, as just as a human you know you gotta you, we look at most things in the natural world and that's mm-hmm. using those senses and so uh, you know I'm sure I'm not the only one out there but I know I struggle in my faith because I can't see or feel and, you know you you're in the worst spot of your life at that moment and you cry out to God God come on do this whatever and then there's quiet well, he doesn't actually pick up the cell phone and call you right back, you know, or, or text you right back. Actually, Taylor brought that up yeah. earlier, you know, yeah. with the family and, you know, that immediate God sometimes will wait. Uh, this, what you just said, the idea of picking up that phone, just in speaking in the news this week, um, uh, Mike Pence, vice president, um, actually said said what I hear many people in this very church say. Probably each of us has said it at some point in this room on this podcast that they have a relationship with the Lord and they try to speak to the Lord and try to hear what, what, what the Lord has, you know, mm-hmm. says to them. Now, I am not talking to Jesus if he was sitting right there in that chair, but I am trying to discern some kind of that's uh, what it comes to spiritual yeah. guidance and discernment. Mm-hmm. Pence was roundly laughed at by mm-hmm. Joy Bahar and her media friends. Uh, she she called him crazy. She called him incompetent to hold office. That yet there's a there's an example of a man who has this spiritual life, and we're looking at the risks of going public with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 I think it will blow over. But you see an immediate culture pushback mm-hmm. from the idea of this is cra- this guy's crazy. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's having a relationship with some something Super anybody can can't yeah, say. Yeah. But yeah. but nonetheless, again, again, and, and it's what the culture misses because I've, I've I've been in this church now for for five six years, maybe more if I count them up. I've heard men and women on numerous occasions talking about their relationship with Jesus and. In the same terms, Pence did. So this idea of spiritual warfare is so alien to this culture that yes, that is. you you yes, can it and it is it is and even and and actually we're, we're speaking on today to this morning word came that Billy Graham has has passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, Very good point. But within my lifetime, I do recall Billy Graham's on on, on television. He goes back way far far longer than than I have. But there was a time, not too long ago, not, not in biblical time, not in the 1800s, but in 1950s, 1960s, when, this, when, when a spiritual life was, was considered part of, part of one's makeup. No matter what political viewpoint that person may have had, male or female, now... I mean, we, we get into this, and this book is, is fairly new. It's, I think it's only about 10 years old, 2002, 2003, a little more than yeah. that, 15 mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're getting to a period where, where this, there is such resistance to the idea that there are, you know, that, that, that you can have this religious experience. Cer- certainly mm-hmm. in, 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 ter- in Christianity, in terms of culture, we welcome other religious experiences. But, um, and, and, and because this, as we get to it, it's... It, a lot of it comes down to real moral, ethical decision making, and and coming down on on you know basically I, I believe in 
God and this is what I believe is right. And that, that, that is scary. That is very scary to a culture that has really embraced relativism more, more than even when I was in college back in the 70s. I'm going on too long there, but... And dating yourself. <laughs> yes. you, you, uh, gosh, Ron, you made a great point, mm-hmm. Steve, that, that being Christians, we don't talk about the dark mm-hmm. side, as we would mm-hmm. call it, or the spiritual mm-hmm. realm, because we already know what we have to do to get mm-hmm. through it. Where it's so natural to us, and I hadn't forgotten about that because I've been thinking about that since we started this book. Why don't we talk about this? Because all of us as men know what we need to do. We need to read. Mm-hmm. We need to read. We need to pray. Need to attend church. Uh, talk with our brothers over issues that that we're not sure how to handle. If it's uh, maybe in a spiritual realm or not, or even in real life. I've talked to Kyle before. You've talked to me uh, about issues. We just naturally do it because there is no other direction for us mm-hmm. as Christian men. So for, for him to bring this battle up into our, our minds and into our focus again, we go, wow, we don't ever talk about this, but it's there. It is. It's absolutely there. Every day when we get up, when we mm-hmm. pray with our wife, our children, our spouse, whatever it is, we're praying because we know in our heart there's a spiritual battle there to deal with. Right? And we just don't talk about it. Don't even think about it because it, we, we do it so much. Right. Well, and you know, as, as men, we yearn for the victory. You know, when we're talking about, yeah. you know, conflict and all of that, you know, we've been just all around that. You know, it's, it's, it's just, we look for it. We crave that thrill, you know, mm-hmm. of I won, mm-hmm. you know. But if you look at today's society, you know, the passivity that, you know, to make these kids passive and that, mm-hmm. well, you're just as good as everybody else if you're 42nd, <laughs> you know. And they give everybody a, a ribbon. You know, oh, you attended here. Yeah. You're just as good as that guy that beat the tar out of you. Yeah. But you're not. At least not in that area, that whatever. What, whatever. Whatever the game, whatever. So find what you're good at and go beat the tar out of somebody else. You know, because you may be good at chess, you may be good at poker, or checkers, checkers right? or whatever. Find your avenue and be, like Bill says, be awesome at it. Yeah. And go at it and strive, learn, build upon yourself. Mm-hmm. You, know, um, you know, we want to be physically strong, emotionally tough, and, and men- mentally and spiritually combative. You know? Um, yeah, the, the, the author says here, and, and again, this is what we're talking about. Again, if you realize this is a spiritual realm we're living in, uh, we're, we're, we're living in a physical, but we are surrounded by a spiritual realm that we cannot see. The author says, No weapon of the enemy has been more effective than the barrage of propaganda that hammers us day in, day out, uh, and hammers us away at our thinking and convinces us that, men, we are not warriors, but in fact we are. When we, like you said, we, Kyle, we, warriors, we think of people who carry shields, swords, spears, everything like that. But in fact, uh, you're a spiritual war, warrior if you stand up what's right for your family. Men, if you protect your wife, your children, and if you, uh, if you disagree with some of the propaganda that, that says that our, our boys should not be, be boys, they should be more 
what integrated into a a similar character, and women should be more integrated into a similar character, so that they're closer together in relationship when they're not. They're, they're just not. Well, and they they're skewing those lines as to what boys should be and girls should be now. You know, of course, we're getting into cloning and all this other stuff, and people are playing God. Mm-hmm. You know, but. Now, little boys don't even know if they're supposed to be a male. And it's what society's throwing at And you can see it. You can Uh, see it around it. Yes, by the way they act. Right. Uh, Some little uh, boys want to be girls, and some little girls want to be boys. Right? Right. And, you know, I I understand you may look at it and you go, well, you know, it may be easier to be a guy, or it may be easier to be a girl. And I can Mm -hmm. understand somebody looking at the other sex and going, okay, maybe so. But... Society's just throwing it at them. Anyway, again, another one of those. No, it's propaganda. Uh, it, it is that, exactly, the propaganda. Um, but you mentioned some a minute ago, and Bill, the author, wrote something that really struck me. Um, at birth, we enter the battlefield. At the time of our rebirth in Christ, we are enlisted mm-hmm. in God's armies as warriors of light. Yeah. And, you know, that's the part that doesn't get brought out, you know. I was baptized just a few years ago. Did we talk about that beforehand? After? No. You know, you pray yourself, you pray with your pastor or whoever's baptizing you, and then you do it, and the rest is all on you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's why I was really so so energetic about this book, was that it, it it's going to just bring out new and interesting conversations that we don't bring to the forefront in most cases. You know, um, yeah, and, and keep in mind, and another thing your author men, mentions here, folks, we've got to remember that when you have a disappointment in life, you have to look at that and you have to believe uh, that some way God will strengthen you because of it. The author specifically says in this book, the disappointments we face in life are not intended to strip away our manhood. In fact, God allowed every hardship we have experienced to strengthen us if we will allow those to drive us to Him and seek His face and seek Him to help us. Once we tap into the power and unleash the warrior within us, uh, we can win the most ferocious battles and we will fight like the mighty men of old. This is quoting the author here. Author. 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 Author here. Well, and that's yeah. a great that's segue, actually. Did you have something there? No, I was, I was going to ask you about that. So go. I was, uh, you know, the great segue that, uh, you know, the mighty men. <clears throat> David's mighty men. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, David, of course, you know, uh, slayed a, dra- uh, a dragon. <laughs> that was, a that giant. Was yeah, there you go. Yeah, wrong, wrong book, I believe. Um, you know, but he had all kinds of great stuff. He was going to be the destined king. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, well, guess what? The king didn't much like that idea, so he's going to send an army after him. Um, so David was a fugitive and on the run and uh, hooked up with a bunch of guys. You know, he's just scouring through the little towns and in the shadows trying to get through and stay alive. Well, you know, when you're in that, you're probably in a bar or something like that, drinking some grog and, you know, talking to the guy next to you. You're commiserating. Oh, man, I'm on the run. And the other guy's down on his luck, you know. And that's what all of these guys were beaten down for whatever reason, outcasts to their society. And David and ultimately God saw something in each one of these guys, drew them together, and they became known as David's mighty men. 
you know. Um, and I mean, there was guys out there named Shane. You know, you're, you're called Shane. Your parents named you <laughs> Shane. Yeah. In your whole life, you've been walking around being called Shane. Well, that's got to wear you down. But it also has to build you up. You know, uh, oh gosh, who's this? Uh, the song, uh, Boy Named Sue. Oh, Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash, <laughs> thank you. He's drawing a, bl- drawing a blank on it. You know, that he's saying, you know, that, uh, you know, he, he hated his dad for naming him that, but it also <laughs> built him up and made him a stronger man by all of the picking and the bullying and everything that would have happened to this guy as a boy named Sue. Um, it's the same thing. All of our beatdowns and our defeats and those disappointments, um, they ultimately build us up. They make us who we are. And as long as we can stay strong in God and with each other, then we can make mountains, well, there, move mountains, rather. There comes a time to face the battles and to run from them. And, and the, David is a perfect example of that. Uh, folks, if you remember from the Old Testament, David was anointed king over Israel, and he didn't get that position for at least 10 years. And during that 10 years, Saul, as Kyle said, chased him to kill him and tried to kill him so bad. Now, the the fact is, David was in a position where he could have killed Saul several times. God opened the door for him to, to kill Saul if he had wanted to, and he did not do it. Because there were two, there's a time to face a battle, folks, in our lives, as you know today. There's a time to face it, and a time, and I, I shouldn't say run from it. Run is not the proper word. Uh, there's a time to walk away from it. David had the chance to kill Saul, and he walked away from it because it was in his heart that he believed God would do that. That was God's battle to do. His battles would be to come about and protect the people of Israel when he became king. And he firmly believed that. And you can see that all through the Old Testament. And God sent him warriors that believed the same thing he did. As Kyle mentioned, all these people that supported him. So there is a time to face the battle. And there's a time to not face it or, or, or walk away from it and find out right the timing is right. And, and certainly reading into this, and, and the, the scripture references are 1 Samuel 22 to chapter 22, verse 2, first book of Samuel. That's where the, the, the mighty men are mustered, so to speak. Yes. Um, and uh, later on in 2 Samuel, uh, chapter 23, beginning with verse 8, uh, they are actually named, or quite many of them are named, but mm-hmm. there, there are several hundred of them. But what I'm getting at is, besides introducing the, the, the scripture, is that none of the, if we, if we read it, none of these guys thought of themselves as warriors. They were no. not in the king's guard. No. They were no. not, these were, these were volunteers. Ragtag <laughs> um, band. Yes, a ragtag band. Of, That's right, um, they were. Uh, these, these felt, uh, before, before David, in, you know, Enlightened something in them, or enlivened something in them, or, or or made them see something about themselves. They they like, they said the one as you said probably one fellow's name translates as shame. I mean he's walking around. Who am I? And hey shame. Suddenly you know you know like poor kids. They they do this in school. They 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 yeah, dumbass whatever. We do. <laughs> and and. And you know these labels get get become you know identity, and actually that's a, one of the next battles: fight for identity. Right. But I um, uh, the 
here, here they, here he, he, he creates an army out of ordinary, uh, ordinary Misfits, Jewish Hebrew yeah, yeah, men yeah. in the in the countryside who sure. he runs into in the towns, mm -hmm. um, and, and so that's that. I think that's the the essence of the story. You are a warrior, and you don't know it, <laughs> or <laughs> you may true. not know it. And 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 uh, and, and God, Lord. Uh, may uh, be able to reach into you and 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 enlighten that fire in you, uh, mm. and uh, be, and you become a, a a a soldier for the Lord. And maybe not carrying a spear and a and a and a and a, and a shield, but um, you will have your weapons, your oh, your mm. intellect, your mind, your heart, your mm. ability to persuade all the spiritual gifts that you get in 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 the in the letters uh, of Paul. Well, and, you know, when we talk about manning up to the full armor of God, mm -hmm. yeah. <clears throat> we are talking about, you know, um, well, we say it all the time in this class, in this podcast. You know, we take our armor off in this room. You leave yourself vulnerable to the guys here. <clears throat> vulnerable to God for him to come and smack you around as he needs to. Um, but those... Uh, Elements of our armor um, that they're talking about comes out of uh, out of Ephesians. Mm -hmm. um, so the shield of faith. So we are carrying around a metaphorical shield. You know, as you said, we aren't literally running around with that, but that shield of faith, the helmet of sal salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, yes. the sword of the spirit, and the feet prepared with the gospel of peace. Um, you know, and that's what we're supposed to be going into battle with. You know, uh, that shield of faith. You know, that's the first and foremost. You know, that uh, you've got to have a strong faith to be able to pull this off. You know, because it is. It's a spiritual battle. You're not out swinging. You, know, you can swing all you want in the backyard. You're not going to hit what you're thinking. And you know what's interesting, and then Paul, always the great writer, and you can look into this, and, and as Christians we should remember this, your faith is your shield, not your sword. Yes. Your, your faith is what's, what, what protects you, you defends you. you. It's yes, not, your, not your means of attacking other people. That, no. that, is, that is obviously your sword of the spirit. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. uh, in, in many ways that's much more positive. Your enthusiasm, the, you know, let the Lord shine through you. Um, but it, because it is, it, these are metaphors that should be <laughs> looked at pretty closely because I think many Christians use their faith as a sword instead of a shield. Yes, yes. That's actually really interesting. I hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't really thought of that in that manner. <laughs> but, right, they're going into battle swinging their faith. <laughs> no, no, that's not right. And I, I guess I had never really heard it or thought of that. Um, interesting. Well, I'm going to have to think about that yes. tonight. <laughs> Just, I'll be, I'll be laying in bed. That one's going to keep hitting me over and over tonight. Um, it... it it's very important what you said earlier too, uh, folks. If you're really serving men, if you're really serving the Lord, and you're really seeking the Lord's will, He will send men to you to help you through a battle. If you go through a battle, other men or even other people, other Christians, and this is what Kyle expressed, and I think Steve is saying, 
that David, while he was running from Saul, he had a heart to serve the Lord, and his heart was to serve God with all his heart. How many times can I say that? Anyway, the fact is, God sent men to him to become his army and to become his strength. David didn't do all this alone. When he needed help, when he, when he fought the battle with Goliath, he could do it himself because God was with him himself. But when he went out and fought the middle of many battles as a, a nation, as a leader of Israel, God sent many, many people to support him. So the author wants us to believe and know that if, if we truly have faith in God and we do have to run up against battles, there are other Christians around us that will help us and they will come and support us if our heart is to serve the Lord and we're doing what is right like David did. Well, as men, we, we work better, most of the time, work better together. You know, we build each other up, you know, um, at least that's what we're supposed to do. You know, um, I know when it comes into that bullying concept or, you know, whatever, you can tear somebody down just as quick and just as easily, yeah. you know. Um, but that's what our class is all about, you know, is manning up. Part of that manning up is, is being there, you know, for your fellow, you know, regardless. Sometimes it's need to talk, sometimes it's just sit quietly whatever that is, you know, um, and we need to be able to find those and, uh, you know, find a group like our, our little class, you know, where you can take your armor off and be yourself and learn, sharpen your, your sword to go back out there, you know, because you got to have that truth, uh, the belt of truth, you know, and, uh, that's sort of the spirit, you know, um, where, where in Ephesians can you find the, the armor of God? Uh, Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. And, let's see. Yeah, I see they left that. It's supposed to be 6 and 16. Six. But, okay. Um, so and it very, starts at like 10. Ephesians 6, 10 goes through 17, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, <clears throat> you know, when we're looking forward now because we're kind of coming to the end of our time here tonight. And uh, so we are going to move on to Chapter 3 this coming Sunday uh, for our our class. Uh, You might want to tell us what the six battles are that we're going to have to to learn to defeat there. I don't know if you've got it in front of you or not. I've got it pink there. Mm-hmm. Of all the colors to use. <laughs> oh, you have a different color for each Sorry. Don't, don't you remember <laughs> you're only supposed to highlight in pink now just to get after Bill. Um, you know, so... Anyway. Um, did, did we even say where we actually are? We, I, uh, in, the, in the book or a Lord? No, no, in, in geographically. Uh, geographically. Oh, I was going to close with that, but we are... Oh, yeah. actually, but, well, uh, well, well, uh, well uh, Bill finds his reference <coughs> here. Yes, we, uh, we are coming to you from Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas, just outside of Houston. Um, and uh, we're just a group of guys. We are in... Uh, the uh, the Sunday school we call it the Adult Bible Fellowship here at Sugarland Baptist, um, and and we uh, we meet we discuss these same things on on Sunday uh, right after services. Services are at 9:45 and ABF follows at about 11. Uh, so if you're in the area, come on by, and if you're uh, if you're more interested, man up, come up and and visit the ABF uh, or visit us on uh, here on on Wednesday night. Um, we'll we'll uh, we'll gladly gladly uh, 
have to listen to you. We are on Facebook. You may post a question to us there. Our podcast is on SoundCloud and iTunes. And as Bill likes to say, uh, if you're not in the Sugarland or Houston area uh, and not a member of a church, please, please find a Bible-based church near you. Uh, find a men's group. Uh, and if you uh, don't have a men's group at your church, start one. And I'll go back to Bill, and he'll wrap us up here. <laughs> um, so as, as I was saying, we're going to do next week, we'll get into chapter 3. Um, we're only going to do half of that uh, chapter. We're going to break okay. it into two weeks. Um, I thought this was a really outstanding chapter, um, and uh, we'll get into a whole lot. But uh, as Mike said, uh, this is six battles every man must win. So the actual uh, line there, so in battle one, is going to be battle, uh, fight for your identity. Battle two is fight for your personal holiness. Uh, three, fight for your family. Four, fight through the pain. Number five is fight for your friends. And then six, uh, most importantly, is fight for a strong faith. Um, so we're going to get into some pretty hard-hitting uh, information. We'd love to hear from you as well. Uh, if you're following along with us, please shoot us something on Facebook and let us know you're out there. And uh, we'll read whatever you got uh, here on the podcast next week. Um, thank you all so much. Uh, look forward to uh, being here for you each week. Could I mention one thing? Right before we close off, uh, uh, Steve Steve Titch mentioned this earlier in the, the broadcast, folks. Uh, uh, I just want to take a thank take a moment and thank the Lord for sending Billy Graham to our, our lives into this world. Uh, he, as, as Steve Titch mentioned, he had he died, and this is by far one of the greatest greatest ministers of this country, and uh, saw possibly thousands, possibly millions of people. Uh, bring them to the Lord. God used him as a great warrior, honest, moral, ethical, uh, just a tremendous man of God. And I just want to take a moment to honor him and, uh, and uh, thank the Lord for sending him to us because he was he was outstanding, outstanding minister and evangelist. Well, thank you. And I think we'll just close on that. Uh, and uh, so... Uh, Guys, thank you for being with us. Uh, Mike Cropper, yep, uh, Kyle Trahan, who is uh, leading us through this book. The book again is Six Battles Every Man Must Win by Bill Perkins. See you uh, next time. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.